Tom. Only the biggest stories, only the biggest guests, and only the biggest opinions. This is AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. Well, uh, our next guest, Mike Braun, is going to start feeling a little bit lonely when it comes to conversations with uh, colleagues across the aisle because uh, every member of the Senate who's a Democrat seems to be running for Senate with, I mean, running for president uh, with the addition of Kamala Harris today. Truth, justice, decency, equality, freedom, democracy. These aren't just words. They're the values we as Americans cherish. And they're all on the line now. The future of our country depends on you and millions of others lifting our voices to fight for our American values. That's why I'm running for President of the United States. It's a nice beat, but I can't dance to it. Equality, flashing on the screen. Okay, oh no. Well, it's going to happen. She's got to get ready for that on the trail because she's going to get that reaction in some quarters. She stole the song, uh, the Oh, Mickey, You're So Fine, You're So Fine, You Blow My Mind. Yeah. Close. It's a little, yeah. Same key of G. Well, anyway, while um, she's uh, busy put to, putting together um, beats you can dance to, <laughs> campaign to, uh, President Trump offered a compromise over the weekend on the border wall, border barrier funding uh, slash partial government shutdown. $800 million in humanitarian assistance for people at the nice. border. $800 million in drug detection funds, technology at the border. 2,750 more border agents. 75 new immigration judge teams to expedite and adjudicate cases of individuals who want to come to this country. And then he still wants his $5.7 billion for steel barriers in high-priority areas. He also had uh, these two kickers which you think would have uh, perhaps sealed the deal among congressional Democrats, particularly in the House. And if you think that, you'd be wrong. In order to build the trust and goodwill necessary to begin real immigration reform, there are two more elements to my plan. Number one is three years of legislative relief for 700,000 DACA recipients brought here unlawfully by their parents at a young age many years ago. This extension will give them access to work permits, social security numbers, and protection from deportation, most importantly. Secondly, our proposal provides a three-year extension of Temporary Protected Status, or TPS. This means that 300,000 immigrants whose protected status is facing expiration will now have three more years of certainty so that Congress can work on a larger immigration deal, which everybody wants, Republicans and Democrats. So a textured uh, approach on the border security piece and uh, three-year extension of status, legal status in this country, for a million people who are technically here illegally. And that was received with a DOA from Pelosi. And that is so surprising to me. I thought that that would be their number one priority, to, to offer them a path to citizenship. Well, let's try and figure out why it isn't. And to help us do that, we're pleased to be joined by Mike Braun. He is the newly minted Republican United States Senator from the Hoosier State, Indiana. Mike, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. 
Hey, good to be back on again. So uh, did you think that uh, the president offered uh, you know, a fair, reasonable compromise over the weekend? <laughs> I think more than fair. And uh, I think it was apparent from oh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got sworn in on January 3rd and have, uh, had basically two full weeks there. And Democrats have definitely um, figured that they're going to win on this issue. And when the president came out with what he did, uh, you just repeated it. I think it shows clearly that they're gambling, that uh, they don't have to do anything, uh, which implies that they're okay with the status quo. And I think it clearly uh, shows how they're using this politically to think they're going to gain from it. And I think that's going to you know, do them in if they don't come around to negotiate around what's been proposed, because I think Hoosiers, uh, Americans see that uh, you know it's an issue they're playing with politically, because they think they not only have gained from it over the you know recent past, but will in the future as well. So uh, we don't know what's going to happen. It's uh, up to President Trump and Pelosi and Schumer to uh, you know make the final move. But this at least moves the uh, ball into where I think they are going to have a lot of trouble explaining why they can't agree with that. So everyone's digging their heels in. How long do you think that this shutdown is going to last? Well, um, I think that there are going to be probably some real issues with TSA and other parts of the partial shutdown uh, that will keep intensifying, and I think that's going to make it uh, more pressing for all folks involved. And, you know, Leader McConnell has clearly said that, uh, you know, until the three of them work it out, it needs 60 votes in the Senate. And, of course, it's got to pass a House that, if you've seen their agenda, uh, in terms of some of the crazy stuff that's on it, mm. I don't know. Uh, I'm hoping weeks, um, but none of us can really make a good prediction on that. Your colleague, uh, Jim Langford from Oklahoma, said over the weekend uh, what the president proposed wasn't meant to be voted up or down. It's meant to prompt a conversation to try to get to a deal. And I, I wonder how hopeful you are if anything that comes from the president's mouth is dismissed out of hand by the other side. Well, I think when you, I think Pelosi said it was dead on arrival. Yeah. Uh, were the words that uh, it does put the dynamic back in their court is truly digging in. And uh, you got to realize what he's asking is something that they've all been on record uh, supporting, uh, especially back to 2013, and really more recently than that. So it, it really makes them uh, appear that they're doing this purely in a political way, uh, not to give the president anything, and in a long-run fashion, calculating that our current uh, lack of border security uh, benefits them politically. We were just having this conversation with Rich Lowry uh, over at National Review, and, uh, you know, it seems to me you're a businessman. You understand negotiation. It seems to me if there's no takers on carrot, you can't publicly negotiate with yourself. That doesn't uh, do you any good. So there's got to be some stick, too. And I wonder what you think an appropriate stick to use by the president might be, including among the choices, uh, invoking his emergency powers and repurposing domestic uh, civilian funding for border security, or even beginning to uh, riff some of these non-essential federal workers and say, you know, this is a good time to to call a, a uh, overgrown federal government anyway, so um, let's go ahead and do that. 
Well, to your latter point, uh, that's one of the reasons I ran. And uh, by the way, I'm on the budget committee. Uh, and assigned some great uh, committees to actually make a difference coming from what I was interested in doing, and that's lower the cost of health care and uh, move infrastructure along, but put some sanity into the budget process. And sooner or later, uh, to shrink a trillion-dollar deficit, uh, we'll have to, in the long run, I don't like the fact that that would be something you use here because I don't think it has enough forethought put into it. But mm -hmm. I think when it comes to the emergency declaration, uh, it's a crisis, it's an emergency, the fact that uh, they're wanting to do nothing, uh, and the fact that our government is bloated. All this, I think, will come together in some fashion. I'm just not sure when. I'm going to be a proponent for uh, being on the budget committee and is somehow finding a way to live within our means because to me the big issue down the road is the fact that nobody seems to really get alarmed out there both sides of the aisle that we're running trillion dollar deficits uh, we keep doing that all the discussions about what we're talking about specifically and on individual issues will become um, minor compared to the calamity we'll end up with so you were sworn in a few weeks ago first time u.s senator from indiana what has been the most biggest eye-opening experience for you? Well, I'd say that, you know, coming from, I'm a Main Street entrepreneur and was a legislator in Indiana, uh, you are fully accountable in the business world if you operated in any fashion uh, with substance and the speed of deliberation, you'd be put out of business by your competition. Um, <laughs> in Indiana, we have a cash balance. Uh, you know, year after year, always have a balanced budget, get things done. Uh, in my two weeks out there, it's been mostly interaction with media and explaining, which is good for a, a new senator. I like to do it. Uh, that's your other uh, advantage. You've got a big microphone, and if you're willing to use it, you can talk about the things that are important to all of us as conservatives. But I've got to get used to slowing my metabolism down to the pace <laughs> that pace. Uh, we operate here in the Senate and the federal government in general. Yeah, not to mention because, you know, you serve with so many octogenarians. So, I mean, you know, you just have to, you know, <laughs> you got to slow down, Braun. Just, you know, baby steps here. Uh, he is Mike Braun. He's a Republican United States senator from the Hoosier State that uh, I continue to implore to invade Illinois and take over Indiana. Mike Braun, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, good to be on. Take care. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Listen to podcast of Dan and Amy from the AM560 mobile app. Download it today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile.